This message is presented by Pastor Chuck Wilson. Okay, here we go. Going to finish up Daniel chapter 9. It's a wild one already, and it's going to get even wilder. This is the final seven years of the planet Earth. Daniel 70th 7, Daniel 9, 26b through 27. At any time, at any time, the final seven years of Earth's history could kick in. Just look at what has happened in the last few months alone. The complete upheaval is shocking everyone, but we shouldn't be shocked as Christians because we have the Word of God, which is telling us, has told us what is going to happen. We're going to see today that God's finger is on the trigger. God's finger is on the stopwatch. He could start that stopwatch at any time and begin the last seven years of the earth's history. We saw last week that Daniel predicts the predicted the triumphal entry and the cross. Wait till you see what he predicts next, something in the future still for us, but could be very, very close. Let's pray. Father, I think you would, Father, we think, we pray that you would prepare us, prepare us for the final seven years, prepare us spiritually, prepare us in every way. Father, I pray that if anybody has never put their faith in you, they would take that step of faith so that they would be prepared and not fall under the, the lies and the delusion. And for the rest of us, that we would be in the Word and in the Spirit and be prepared for what is coming, depending on your mercy and grace. Just like many around the world already are going through so much tribulation, but when we all go through the final seven years of tribulation, that we would be ready, depending on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's look at what we did last week. First of all, a quick review, Daniel 9. Daniel 9, <clears throat> verse 24. 77s are decreed for your people and for your holy city to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring an everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. No one understand this from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler, comes. There will be seven sevens and sixty-two sevens. It will be rebuilt with streets and the trench, but in times of trouble. After the sixty-two sevens, the anointed one will be cut off and will have nothing. Woo, remember that? We looked at seven times seven years. It took 50 years for the city to be rebuilt. And then there was 62 sevens on top of that, 62 seven more years, plus the 49 years, which equaled 483 years for the Messiah to become and to be crucified. We saw that from the issuing of the decree to the triumphal entry when the Messiah presented himself was exactly the number of, of days that Daniel prophesied. If you didn't hear last time, go listen to that. He also prophesied the crucifixion, then that the temp city and the temple would be destroyed, which they were then in 70 AD by the ruler, by the people of the ruler who will come. That was the Romans, and we know the ruler who will come is the ruler of the revived Roman Empire, that, which is going to be happening. Wait till we see more about that in Daniel, and then also in Revelation. It's all connected. What about the last seven years, though? There's been 69 sevens, but what about the last seven? When did they happen? They didn't because there was a prophetic gap, very, very common in Scripture. There's a prophecy and then a gap and then a completion of that prophecy. This has not been fulfilled yet. If you look at the graph that I have up to my right, probably Sarah will put it there. You look at the graph by Abrams. It's an excellent diagram there that you can look at and see the prophetic gap and when it hits. Prophets often blurred events. 
separated by many years. They just saw the mountaintops. Prophets just saw mountaintops, but they didn't see the valleys in between. We can see them because it's after the fact and we see the fulfillment and we now we know what happened. They saw the mountaintops, but it's very, very common. I'll give you an, an example. Isaiah 61, talking about the Messiah, talking about the coming of the Messiah. Isaiah 61, 1. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Wow, where have we heard that before? Luke 4 and Luke 4, 18 and 19, I think. Let me just look that up really quickly in my verses. I just was looking at this the other day. Yep, Luke 4, 18 and 19. It, Jesus claims that was him. He's fulfilling that as the Messiah. But if he, there's something left out here to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. But the end of verse 2, Jesus didn't quote this, but it's here. And the day of vengeance of our God. Why did Jesus leave that out? Because that's going to be at his second coming. The first coming, he came and, and died for us and gave salvation and gave us hope. But he's coming back. And the second coming will be the day of vengeance of our God. And he, Jesus, once again, you see this prophecy running together, the first and second coming <coughs> running together. That's what we see there. And that's very, very common in, in prophecy in Scripture. So, what about, so we know there's this uh, prophetic gap. The first 69 sevens led up to the first coming. But the Jewish people, the nation, not all, but the, the nation rejects the Messiah. The religious authorities reject the Messiah, just as was prophesied many, many times. It's all over the Old Testament that they're going to reject them. And then God's program for them is put on hold, just as was prophesied. In God's sovereign plan, the church age began. When, when Jesus came and, and, they, and the Jewish nation rejected him as the Messiah, that began the church age. Once again, looking at the graph here, you can see all this and follow along. Uh, and if you want these graphs emailed to you so you can blow them up and, and print them out, let me know. I'll send you them. WW, uh, no, no, that's my website. Uh, nhcc at comcast.net and I will send you all these different graphs so you can print them out and have them right in front of you. But in God's sovereign plan, the church age begins, which is the Gentile salvation, which is the positive part. Our salvation as Gentiles, that's the positive. The negative is that it's also a time of the Gentiles oppressing the Jews. Oppressing the Jews. And Romans 11.25 talks about this. Uh, I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, mystery brothers, so that you may not be, con be conceited, Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. Israel has experienced a hardening in part, in part, not all, in part, until the full number of Gentiles has come in. This is all part of God's plan. It's a mystery, Paul is saying. Mystery is something that's hinted in, in the Old Testament, but made clear in the New Testament. And, and, and this fills in the gap. And the gap is the church age. This is the church age. And then when the church age ends, Israel is going to be restored, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Now, when the church age is completed, the final seven years will activate, leading up to the second coming, which is at the end of those seven years. Back to Romans eleven twenty six. Look what happens when, when Jesus comes again, the second coming. And so all Israel will be saved. 
as it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob. The deliverer, Jesus, the second coming, the remnant that survives to the second coming of Jesus Christ will all be saved. There is only going to be a remnant, but but whoever's left, some, well, this doesn't mean all all Israel will be saved. They're all going to go to heaven. That does not what it means. It means that everybody who's left when Jesus comes again, that remnant will turn to Jesus. Oh, many prophecies that they will all turn to Jesus, the Messiah, recognizing him, accepting him, and they will be saved physically and spiritually at that time. And once again, you look uh, look at the chart here, which is by Abrams and you'll see that on his chart, what he says at, at this point, just be, at the end of the church age and just before the last seven years kick in, he said the rapture of the church will happen. He believes that the church will be raptured, taken up off of the earth, and then, uh, then everything's going to hit hard, okay? Uh, that could happen. The rapture could be there. It could be in the middle of tribulation and it could be at the end of the tribulation. It's not really clear. Some people hold to those views very strongly, but, but, we need to hold to them with some um, some brotherly love and, and mercy and grace because they're not clear. But I just tell everybody, pray for pre-trib, pre- prepare for post-trib. Prepare to go through it all, but pray that it's at the beginning. And if there's a vote, I'd vote for the pre-trib, obviously. We all would, but it's just not quite clear. Uh, and we just have to be, just be prepared for any of them. Pre, mid, or post, we should just be prepared. But... Um, Either way, whatever the rapture happens, it doesn't matter because this kicks, well, it doesn't matter, but what I mean is it kicks in the tribulation either way, no matter when the rapture happens. When the church age ends, the the last final seven years, and we find this in Daniel 9, 26 and 27. And now there's going to be two new graphs, one on each side of me, new graphs that show what I'm talking about, the seven years and the the middle of the seven years. And you can follow along on these and uh, run them off, make copies and and really follow these. But basically, Daniel, well, go back to Daniel 9. Daniel 9, verse 26. I'll start at the beginning of 26. After the 62 sevens, the anointed one will be cut off and have nothing. Now, here we go. The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and sanctuary. The end, here we go, jump, prophetic gap. The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end and desolations have been decreed. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to the sacrifice and offering. And on a wing of the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him and this is the, uh, the 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 ruler who will come is this, the he here the ruler not the not the Messiah that he's already been cut off he's already been crucified we know he's already been glorified but um, this this is the ru- the ruler of the the people of the ruler who will come that is the Antichrist that we're going to see here okay so verse twenty six. The end, this is the last seven years, prophetic gap jumps to it. Verse 27, he, the ruler of the people who destroyed Jerusalem in 70 AD, that was the Romans. This is the revived Roman Empire, and the person running the revived Roman Empire is known as the Antichrist, okay? He's a superman. 
And this is what Daniel's talking about. He's talking about this guy, he, this guy, this evil ruler. He's a superman. He solves the world's problems. He brings peace. He takes care of climate change. Uh, he, he solves the food and water issues. He's going to solve any kind of coronavirus issues, any kind of diseases. He's going to solve it all. If the rapture has already happened at this point, the world will be in even more chaos than it, than it was. The USA will be gutted. We're going to lose at least 5% of our population. I would have said more years ago, but now I'm saying about 5% we could call, you know, that's how many have a biblical, Christians who actually have a biblical worldview, the ones that we know for sure have put their faith in Christ and that faith is showing. All right, so a lot of people are going to be surprised, left behind, watch the movies. But he even solves the Middle East problem, the thorn that has haunted the world for all these years. Somehow he works out a temple for the Jews and he brings sac- lets them begin their sacrifices again. And he signs a covenant with Israel for seven years. A covenant for seven years. They will think he's a great guy. Maybe even the Messiah. Is this the Messiah? Well, he will somehow work out a peace deal which involves a temple being rebuilt. But he's actually their worst nightmare. Their worst nightmare. It's the start of the doomsday clock and the great tribulation. He really builds the temple for himself. For himself. He's possessed by the God of this world. And he picks Jerusalem because that's the great capital. That's the, the, the Jews' eternal city. Their capital. But also it's a, a, a sacred place to Christians and to Muslims. And so it's the three major world religions all see this as the, 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 the focal point. And so he picks that spot for that reason. And he's also the fake Christ, the Antichrist. Verse 27 let me read that again. He, talking about the Antichrist, he will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to the sacrifice and offering. And on a wing of the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. So three and a half years through this time, he breaks the deal. He sets up the abomination that causes desolation. That is his own image, his own image, an idol of himself, and he demands to be worshipped as God. And the Jewish nation will realize that they, they, they rejected the true Messiah because he claimed to be God's son. The Jews rejected the true Messiah because he claimed to be God's son and now they're going to be stuck with a false Messiah who claims to be God himself. We see the irony there. God's just, God's, you know, bringing it to home, right? And then we see in Matthew 24, woo, the result for uh, the Jewish nation, what's going to be happening. Jesus warns, he said, verse 15, Matthew 24, so when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation. Spoken through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand. Jesus says it's coming in the future, the end times. Let Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Verse 21, for then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now and never to be equaled uh, Again, this is going to be an intense, intense, terrible time for the Jewish nation and any Christians that are here, whether it's uh, post, whether they, they, the, re, the rapture hasn't happened yet or people become saved after the rapture and they're stuck here. It's going to be a terrible time of persecution. It's the start of the, the reign of terror. It will make the Holocaust look like nothing. 
That's going to be that bad. Three and a half years of tribulation until the end is decreed. Revelation 19, that end comes when the Jesus comes again, the second coming, and the Jewish remnant is saved. Just like Romans 11, 25, 26 was telling us. Are we in the end times now? Are we in the end times now? Well, the temple has not been rebuilt yet. The sacrifice has not been reinstated. So that tells us that the final seven years have not kicked in officially yet. But Israel is back in the land, so the clock is ticking. And I know some people, even pastors, they preach, there's no way the temple will be rebuilt. That's ridiculous. They, these same dodos said the same thing about Israel being restored back before 1948. Same exact unbelief of God's word. Even these pastors claim to be Christians, evangelicals, but they, they, they deny the temple will be rebuilt. And just like they denied that Israel would be back in the land, but they're wrong. And they're going to find out very soon. Uh, the, 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 but Israel's back in the land, so that the, the clock is ticking, but the temple has not been rebuilt. When you, when that happens, put on your seatbelts. Get ready. Hopefully for the rapture, or if no rapture, tribulation. Just be ready because it's going to hit hard. Uh, how close are we? I, there's an article here by Jack Kelly. Seven major prophetic signs of the second coming. I think this is a really good, concise uh, 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 article he does. He said, number one, Israel will be back in the land. Ezekiel 36 and 37. Israel will be back in the land. Check. Jerusalem will be in Jewish hands. Luke 21, 24. Check. And now, uh, prophetically, we've even seen it declared as the, the official capital of Israel now, recognized by the United States. God works. God works. God pro prophetic fulfillment through our own president. Amazing. Whether you like him or not, God is using him to fulfill prophecy. So, that's all I'm going to say. God has a purpose in this. Number three, a Muslim coalition armed and led by Russia will attack the Holy Land. Ezekiel 38. It hasn't happened yet, but I can't even imagine that happening. Can you imagine that happening? <laughs> Any day, right? Uh, number four, the ancient Roman Empire will reemerge as a political force. Revelation 17. Can anybody say... European Union. The world, number five, the world will embrace a single religion. Revelation 13, 8. Woo! All the inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. All whose names have not been written in the book of life belonging to the lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. You look at these bumper stickers out there and they, they say, you know, coexist and they show all the religions all connected together somehow. It's coming. The, uh, the world is, is ready to embrace this, aren't they? The, but the true Christians aren't, and the faithful Jews aren't, and uh, we all know what that's going to result in. Number six, the world will accept a single government. Woo, Revelation 13.3, the UN is already setting it up, using the coronavirus to push for this very thing right now. We need a new socio-economic order. Unbelievable the things that they've been posting and, and putting out here. So we see some of the things. There's also another really good article, 10 Signs of the Looming Tribulation. This was in the Prophecy Network. I don't, couldn't find the author's name on it, but 10 Signs of the Looming. Uh, it says the famine is a big one. Revelation 6, 8. 
the pale, the rider on the pale horse. We see the famines beginning. Inflation, Revelation 6, 6. Uh, during the tribulation, a quart of wheat will sell for a day's wages. Uh, scary. Already seeing this. Violence. Woo! Revelation 9.21. Nor did they repent of their murders. And they're talking about the violence or their thefts. Uh, just as in the days of Noah, violence will fill the earth during the tribulation. Can you say riots? Uh, which are justified and, 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 and okayed, right? Unbelievable. Uh, the increase, number four, the increase of anti-Semitism. Woo, are we seeing that? You better believe we're seeing that all over the world and in the United States. And the, um, the, the protesters in DC yesterday, the so-called peaceful protesters were chanting anti-Jewish, anti-Israel slogans. Their, their true identity is being exposed according to Revelation here. Their true agenda is being exposed. We're seeing who's really controlling them and the driving force behind them. I'm not saying every protester, or, but, but, but the, the, the core, the, the agenda that is, that's working them like puppets in this whole thing. The real agenda we're seeing as soon as they start ripping on Israel and putting down the Jews, we know that Satan is behind that agenda. We know that, without a doubt. The New World Order, number five, the New World Order, we're already seeing it. The UN now has a page titled, Let's Take Our Planet Back. Oh, guess who's going to be in charge? Them. Uh, number six, surrendering of rights. And um, uh, we... Uh, would you have ever thought the United States, everybody would just surrender their rights wholesale because because of a virus that turns out is even less dangerous than the flu? Now, it doesn't mean we couldn't die of it. doesn't mean we can't die of the flu. doesn't mean we can't die of the coronavirus. doesn't mean we shouldn't be careful. But, but what they've done with this is manipulated it to control Americans and set them up and prepare us for free handouts, socialism. It, it's clear what they've done. It's, it's really a surrendering of rights. And this is what, what, in order for there to be a one world government, that has to happen. That countries must just surrender their rights. And it's all being set up. We don't know if the, if the UN and all and the one world government and Antichrist will use the coronavirus. But we've seen that it has set us up to give up our rights and to bah, be sheep, right? Uh, number seven, the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast. Uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about Bill Gates and, and the vaccine and the tattoo. And uh, we don't know, if, we don't think that's the mark of the beast, but it's preparing us. It's preparing us for the control that the Antichrist is going to be set up here. The idea that, and I'm just going to read your quote here because I think it's good. The idea that the government can require a vaccine along with proof of it to leave one's home and participate in society would have been unthought of. A, a, ten, a decade ago, that would be tyrannical. But now, after the fear generated through the media of the coronavirus, which turns out it's no worse than the flu. May, we can catch it more, but it's no more dangerous than the flu. It's less dangerous than the flu. Multitudes now will totally accept this. We'll totally accept this very thing. We don't know how the Antichrist is going to pull this off, but you won't be able to buy and sell without the mark of the beast. And this whole last three, four months has set us up, prepared us, to, opened us up to be controlled and to allow this to happen. We... It's, it's going to happen, but we as Christians shouldn't take 
the mark of the beast. I'm not saying you shouldn't wear a mask or anything like that for the coronavirus. I'm saying you better not take the mark of the beast, 666. We'll talk more about that when we get to Revelation. All right. Uh, Middle East tension, Middle East tension. Woo, it's getting hotter and hotter. Uh, crazy what's going on annexing the West Bank and and uh, all these other things that are going on Ezekiel 38 and 39 people the anti-semitism the marchers chanting against Israel the the, the peaceful protesters chanting against Israel being exposed what's the, what's the true agenda and what the root is really like apostasy number nine apostasy uh, first and second Timothy warn about the apostasy we've talked a lot about this have we seen it Woo! the church uh, the church, evangelical church, and the pastors, what they're teaching, buying this social justice lie. Uh, listen, uh, I believe in biblical justice, way more intense than social justice, but social justice is tied. Look at what it's tied to, uh, homosexuality and transgenderism and, and anti-Israel and uh, all kinds of sinful anti-Christ things that it's tied to and and that we we as christians don't buy social justice we believe in biblical justice which is way more intense than that but it's not tied to satan's lies it's tied to the word of god and it believes that all all human beings are one in christ those who have put their faith in Christ are one in Christ. There's no race, racial difference. We're one in Christ. There's no differences that, that, that should separate us. We're one in Christ. And whenever I find a true Christian of any race, I easily can join hands with them because they have a, they have a biblical worldview. They don't buy the social justice lies. They believe in biblical justice. Biblical justice. That's what we believe in. Biblical justice is way more intense, but it's Bible-driven, God-driven, and it's based on truth, not deception. And that's what social justice is based on. It's complete deception. So, uh, unbelievable the number of pastors that have just like bought it and spoon-fed it to their churches. We, we better be feeding them biblical justice, which includes, social justice doesn't include babies. Unborn babies, a million in the U.S. alone. It doesn't include, how can there be justice without protecting an unborn baby? That, that is a demonic lie. That's someone who doesn't care about justice. Oh, I'm social justice. Okay, that includes babies. Oh, no, 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 no. Women's rights. Uh, that is a demonic lie. That biblical justice protects the babies and the people and the children and the full grown adults. That's biblical justice and it says protect them all equally. Equally. So that's a lie. Then number, the last thing is lawlessness. Lawlessness. Uh, whoa, have we seen that? An increasing, uh, increase of lawlessness. Matthew 24, 12. Are we seeing this very thing? Second Thessalonians 2, 3. The man of lawlessness. Are we seeing lawlessness? In the USA alone, have we seen lawlessness? Just breaking out and, 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 and just shocking. On all sides, complete lawlessness is breaking out. It's shocking what we're seeing. These things are showing it's getting closer and closer all the time. I believe the world is primed and ready for the Antichrist in the final seven years. Look at the Jewish people. Uh, still haven't accepted the true Messiah. But even in the United States, I look at my Jewish friends and it's shocking what what they be believe. That they they just don't have any... And I'm talking about Old Testament biblical concept, not all, but the majority just accept the most 
anti-biblical beliefs. It's just really shocking. They have set themselves up. Not saying all. I know some really godly Jews, and and but and I love all my Jewish friends. But it's shocking how they have really been deceived in the United States. And maybe because they're in the United States, they're deceived much more than the ones who live in Israel. They are not deceived. They see things a whole different way. Although they still need to accept the Messiah. Uh, the USA delusional. I think we're set up for it. We. Uh, I think we, we set it up for it. We're, I'm going to read you a couple of things here that I have up here. The, because I couldn't print them. So I couldn't find a way to print them. Judge rules that New York gave preferential treatment to mass protests while discouraging religious gatherings. It was okay to do the protests and the riots and the looting, but, but no churches can't meet. And they attacked the, the Jewish group that wanted to meet and they threatened them with arrest and they shut down the churches and wouldn't let them meet. And, and the federal judge said, hey, that uh, you know, this is what you've done, and he ruled against ruled against Cuomo and De Blasio. He ruled against them, and but but that just shows you how they got away with it, and they controlled it, and the media was good with it, and it just shows you, and and a lot of people just accepted it. It just shows you that we are open to this 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 delusion, the world. Delusion. The world desperate, desperate. The UN once again trying to take over and and do it the right way for all of us. Right now, I'm not sure when the rapture will happen. We already talked about that. Whether it's the start of the seven, middle, end, but we are told to be ready for Jesus Christ's return. Whether it's a rapture return or whether it's his actual physical return, we have to be ready. Are you ready? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ yet? Have you given your life to him yet? If you think it's hard, hard, this is going to be a hard time for a Christian, imagine going through this tribulation without Jesus. Imagine that. And imagine getting to the end of that tribulation, you got this mark on your wrist or your forehead, it's the mark of the beast, and then you're facing an eternity in hell. If that's, that's what you'll be facing if you've not put your faith in Jesus Christ and protected yourself from the Antichrist and his lie. And that's the only way you're going to get through this tribulation, whether you survive it or whether you die, you're killed and you're brought up to heaven. Either way, we know that that's the only way to get to this time of tribulation. The only way we're going to get through it. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? And as Christians, are we ready? Are we ready? 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5 says this. Verse 1. Now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. He said, we, we don't know the, the, the exact date. Nobody can pick it. It's going to be like a thief in the night. <clears throat> While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. Boom! It's hitting. Look how it's hit it already. So many contractions getting closer. Imagine when the labor pains hit. Verse 4, But you, brothers, are not in darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. It says, We shouldn't be surprised. We can't know the dates. But we should not be surprised. We should see it coming. We should see the birth pains getting, uh, I'm sorry, the contractions getting closer together and more intense. We should see the signs happening. We, we shouldn't be surprised. We can't know the exact date, but we shouldn't be surprised it's coming. Am I surprised what I'm seeing in the United States today? No. So many people are shocked. Oh, what's going on? How could this happen? USA, USA, USA. This is not a hockey game. All right? And God's not locked in with the USA. <laughs> 
he, he, he's got his own kingdom and we're, and we are, we are, if we're Christians, we're, we're citizens of his kingdom first and way down the line, citizens of the United States. He is not shocked. I've been saying these things for 20 years. I remember going through Revelation 15 years ago and, and preaching through it. And, and I remember some people leaving, I don't want to hear about this. I don't want to hear about this. You're, you're talking about this too much. I'm like, well, here we are. Do you remember what I said now? You know, and so many people, eh, you know, I had some people say to me, and they're, they're being really encouraging. Oh, Pastor Chuck, you know, you know, I always kind of rolled my eyes when you talked about all this stuff. And now I'm like, where, where's that sermon? Where's that sermon? That's why I'm doing it again. Because a lot of people rolled their eyes the first time through. They didn't quite think they'd ever see these things. But here we are. Boom. Can you believe it now? I bet you can, right? Uh, so we, we, we should be ready. And more importantly, this should affect the way that we live today. Verse 5, you are all sons of light and sons of the day. You, we do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep. <sighs> Have you been sleeping through this? But let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. That's how we should be living and being prepared for Jesus Christ's second coming. We better be prepared. We better be ready. We better be living holy lives. We better be ready for what we're going to be facing. We better be focusing and prioritizing. Uh, and a very interesting historical event happened that, that was uh, pre-70 AD when just before the, the temple was, de uh, sorry, Jerusalem and the temple were destroyed in 70 AD by the Romans, there was an exodus from Jerusalem. Why? Because the Christians had, knew the words of Jesus, the warnings of Jesus about uh, what was going to happen. They knew the warnings of Daniel, what was going to happen. They knew it. They, uh, the, uh, they were on alert because of Matthew 24. Then also, the Romans surrounded Jerusalem, according to Josephus, the Romans surrounded Jerusalem, but then they withdrew. Something else happened, another military issue happened, they had to leave. But the Christian prophets at that time said, get out. Get out. Warn the Christian Jews. This is it. They started to warn them. They started to uh, give them prophetic words based on Matthew 24 and Daniel 9. They warned them. And Eusebius said, all the Christian Jews left. Every one of them left Jerusalem at that time. And they went to Pella, which in Hebrew means marvel of God. They, they escaped to the city of Pella, which is mar, uh, marvel of God. And then the Romans returned a few months later and surrounded it and completely destroyed that. But there wasn't one Christian left. The city was destroyed. Everyone was killed enslaved, brutal, horrible cannibalism going on, horrible. The Christians weren't there. They knew enough to leave because of God's word. How should we prepare for this time? 
It would be nice if we could escape somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where to go. We, what should we do? Should we prep? Should we go out in the country? Be praying about it. We, we should be preparing, right? But we should definitely get out of the world. That is what, for sure, we should, and according to God's word, we should get out of the world. How? By getting the world out of us. That is a definite what we should do to prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's what we should do. Let's pray. <clears throat> Christians, what if Jesus Christ came right now? What if he came right now? What if the rapture happened now? Or Jesus came right now? Are we ready? Are we prepared? What if the seven years of tribulation kicked in now and we we're called to go through some or part of it or all of it? Are we prepared spiritually? for tribulation, for seeing Jesus. Are we prepared? How is the Holy Spirit speaking to us through, through 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11? Study that. Dig into that. Be prepared. And as for the rest of us, have you put your faith, if you're not a Christian yet, you are not ready. For tribulation, you're not ready for Jesus to come back again. You're not ready to face God if you were to die this moment, which could happen to any of us at any time. If the coronavirus has taught us anything, it's anybody can be taken home, anyone. Are you ready? Have you ever put your faith in Jesus? You can do that now. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The prayer of faith. God, I want to be ready. I repent of my sin. I ask you to forgive me for everything I've ever done against your word and against your will for my life because I'm putting my faith in Jesus his death on that cross, his resurrection from the dead. I put my faith in Jesus. I give my life to him. Father, I pray that every person who hears this will put their faith in you for sure. And every person who hears this, if they're already a Christian, that they will live, that we will really live like Christians. For real. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have put your faith in Jesus, something amazing has happened. You, have, you now have the Holy Spirit living in you, protecting you from the demonic attacks in this world and from what's going to happen in the tribulation. You now have the Holy Spirit living in you and His protection. Your eyes are open. As long as you're in the Word, you're going to see things God's way and you're going to be amazed at what you see. Very important you stay in the Word and close to Jesus. And that goes for all of us. How is God speaking to us? If you have put your faith in Christ, I would encourage you to let somebody know. You maybe have a family member or a friend or there's a local church that you know is a strong Bible-believing church. Let somebody know so that you, they can be excited for you and help you grow. And for all of us, I hope that this shakes us up and, and really we refocus spiritually, preparing, being prepared in the Word, 
getting connected with a good Bible church. Maybe you're, you're not connected with a good church. Get connected with a strong Bible-believing church. And if you need, if you've put your faith, faith in Christ, you need something to talk to so I can get you connected. Or even if you're already a Christian and you know you're not in the strongest Bible-believing church out there, there's a lot of wishy-washy stuff going on, uh, email me and I'll get you connected. nhcc at comcast.net. Okay, wait till we get the, the three more chapters to go in Daniel. They are very exciting stuff.